You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. When you see silver and, and the miners, they lead the gold price in both directions, right? They were leading the gold price higher. And now they've started to, to show relative weakness. And that's always a warning that uh, the gold price probably has some more backing and filling to do. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Power, speaking today with my friend David Erfley from Junior Miner Junkie with a Y.com. He's a multi decade veteran, pro investor at Junior Resource Investing, and he also follows the gold price on a daily, weekly, and monthly, quarterly, annual basis. Dave, give us your thoughts on the gold price and the silver price, and how are the miners performing relative to the metals price, please? Yeah, Bill, always great talking to you. Um, uh, really interesting last week. Uh, well, actually, before last week, the Friday before last week, you know, we had we had that huge reversal in the gold price after uh, the gold price ran up to four dollars below its all-time high of twenty eighty-nine in gold futures, and uh, that was basically a hundred-dollar move it had that week, and um, I think when 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 uh, a pal reiterated that hey we, we changed the language you know uh, hinting that there might be a pause soon I think there was a there was kind of a sell the news moment even though the the the, the jobs report that was released on Friday was noted as the catalyst that reversed the gold price uh, but the miners really held up well you know the gold price was down forty dollars uh, that Friday and the and the miners really held up well. But then uh, the following week, which was last week, last Monday, right out of the gate, both silver and the miners began to show relative weakness to the gold price. And that was warning. That was a warning sign that um, we're probably going to see some more weakness in silver and the miners here. And their, 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 their short-term run, they made a higher high, might be over. And sure enough, on Thursday, we had that huge red candle in, in both silver and the miners, while the gold price remains well above of the two thousand dollar so basically the the u.s dollar is showing signs of basing here um you know it has a, a head and shoulders top on the weekly chart that is looks like it's it's going to be negated both silver and the miners are reacting to the dollar basing but the gold price continues to get some safe haven bids on what's going on with the recent financial crisis and the debt ceiling so uh, it's interesting to see what's happening here in the space because when you see silver and and the miners they lead the gold price in both directions right they were leading the gold price higher and now they've started to to show relative weakness and that's always a warning that uh the gold price probably has some more backing and filling to do after it had its huge move i mean take a step back and look how high how far the gold price went from its triple bottom in november at 1620 it went up over 32% in six months. And that's a huge move that needs to be digested. And um, it also became overbought. So, you know, and if, if you even take a step back even further, that all-time high of right below 2100, that's the third test that it's trying to break out from. In commodity markets, if there's uh, a strong multi-year resistance level, the third try is usually thwarted. You know, and it backs off and it needs to create enough strength at a bottom, a strong enough bottom for, for a breakout to come later. I think that's what the gold price is going to do here. I wouldn't be surprised to see the gold price um, uh, lose the 1975 level, which it needs to stay above to, to, to maintain this, this bullish bias here. So if the gold price can remain above 1975, then it remains, it maintains its bullish bias. But if it loses 1975, I think it's going to go down to 1950 pretty quickly. 
And I wouldn't even be surprised if it eventually tests 1900 before we get another test at that all-time high. And what will be the catalyst to thrust it through that uh, 2089 price point? Would it be Fed policy and gold's reaction to it? Yeah, you know, we need a really strong, we need a really strong catalyst for that breakout. Um, and we need a we need a strong catalyst, a strong sustaining catalyst for a breakout to to be sustainable. So um, absolutely, a Fed pivot would do it. And I don't see that in the near term, and neither does the market anymore. More in the near term might be a pause, but seventy five basis points is being factored in by the market before the end of the year. Seventy five basis point pivot in total. The last time we had a close call on the debt ceiling like we're having right now was back in. 2011, when the gold price was was making all time highs, you know we defaulted for like a day, I think it was, and that was when the gold price hit 1925. And you know, of course, they made a last minute deal, which they usually do in these political situations. They make this last they, they wait till it runs up to the last minute, and they make a and they make a last minute deal. But this time, um, President Biden has, has announced something really scary, which would be invoking the 14th Amendment. And basically, if he did that after they make a deal, that would mean that we would have no more debt ceiling. And if we had no more debt ceiling, now this is the, the world's largest economy. Having no debt ceiling, the, the creditworthiness, I mean, we'd be downgraded right away. And um, they'd be able to spend as much as they want. And, and that would send us on, down the road to hyperinflation. Um, so... You know, th- these are all things that 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 could take that could break the gold price out. That I had and I haven't even mentioned um, a geopolitical catalyst, which you never want. To, you would never want that to be the reason. Uh, you know, a war. You never want war to be the reason. But war is the reason why we have this continued inflation that that won't go away. So um, there's all these things, all these catalysts on the horizon that could break it out. But you know, a stronger basing U.S. dollar, if 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 the U.S. dollar on the DXY could rise to 104, 105. That could, that might be enough to get the gold price down to that 1900 level for for a test of its of, of its of its recent uptrend. So I, I wouldn't put that aside. Now that the the silver price and the miners are hinting that we're going to see more gold weakness. Dave, with this macro analysis, big picture analysis, did you make any movements in your junior uh, gold portfolio, or because you've had this perspective, the big picture perspective for so long that your position, you're sitting tight. I'm sitting tight. Yeah. I mean, it's really frustrating. You know, I mean, um, my subscribers and I, we had all these gains for the year, uh, um, and they were basically taken away in a week. And that's, that's basically what happens during these consolidation processes. You know, it's really low volume. Um, you know, th- th- that's, that's another thing to, to mention here on the sell-off uh, that happened last week. The volume really wasn't that high. And if you take a look at the volume spikes when the gold price goes up, the volume's higher on the days that, that we have those big up days than it is lower when we have the big down days. So you're starting to see these subtle hints of accumulation taking place in the mining sector. But, you know, the generalist retail uh, investor is still nowhere near the sector. Um, and that is and that is showing up in, in, the, in the really low volume that, that continues to in, in this space. So Newman has entered a definitive bid to acquire uh, Newcrest, the Australian miner, and they're trying to run away as the preeminent gold producer by a long shot. I just want to read to you a couple of uh, the production numbers here. 8 million ounces of total combined annual gold production once they finalize the merger, annual copper production of approximately 350 million pounds, 
and then 148 million ounces of gold reserves and 179 million ounces of gold resources. So if you add up the re reserves and resources, that's 327 million ounces of gold in those categories. That's that's big, Dave. You know, when we talk about investing in one to two million ounce uh, gold developers, uh, what is your thoughts on, number one, this transaction right here, what it means for this sector, and then are some of the producers, are they looking to acquire other producers or are they still in the market for projects? Well, you know, this is great for the sector. You know, well, we've talked about this in the past a lot. It needs to consolidate. We need to attract these retail um investors who've been out of the sector for a decade you know they left in 2013 and they haven't returned they want dividends and they want strong returns and they want liquid companies that they, that they could be feel safe in while the gold price goes higher that's what this does you know it, it creates a gold producer that is in a league by itself because the second gold producer behind it now is barrick will be producing half as much gold as newmont now and this is this is a company in Barrick that tried to take over Newmont, uh, what four or five years ago, and um, they ended up together forming Nevada Gold Mines instead, which I think combined is is Nevada Gold Mines, if standalone company, would be I think the fourth largest. So, um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, Risto has come out and said that uh, they're looking for to. to, to to grow production they're looking to buy mines they're going to have to they're going to have to make a deal now uh, i think so um that's going it, to it's going to set off some more m a in the sector it already you know we, we had another uh, deal announced today a really small one where silvercrest took over um uh, a penny australian junior but uh, I, I i i could i expect to see more bigger m a deals later um and following this and especially um you know sort of um creative mergers and acquisitions in the junior space which needs to continue because there's just too many of them you know there's only so many checks that capital markets can write the capital markets remain pretty tight you know there has been some impressive bot deals taking place in this really tight market but um you know, that consolidation needs to continue um and i think it will um but uh this is very very good news for the sector absolutely when you look at a gold optionality play, and by that, for those that don't know, I'm referring to gold in the ground that will be revalued as the gold price goes up. How big does the gold resource have to be for you for it to be considered an optionality play? Yeah, you know, um, it's changed for me now. I mean, I, I'd like it to be at least three, four million ounces now. Um, you know, two million ounces doesn't, doesn't cut it for me because um, I don't think it cuts it for more the the majors and the mid-tiers that are out there sniffing to grow their reserves. Um, and if you look at the prices they're, they're uh, being valued at right now, uh, an, ounce of, an ounce of gold in the ground for these juniors is still being priced at less than $40 an ounce in top-tier jurisdictions. They've got multi-million ounces in top-tier jurisdiction. That, that's that's all it's being valued at. And we saw takeovers at $1,000 and higher back in 2011 when the gold price was lower. So um, I know it's coming. <laughs> I just don't know when. This is another setback as far as the as far as the the mining space is concerned. But it's just more consolidation that that needs to take place. Not only in the gold price, but more consolidation in in the mining space as well. That needs to take place. And uh, patience continues to be a virtue. And as far as waiting for this to happen, and as long as you're not on margin, 
and you invest in the right companies, then you're okay. You know, it's just going to take a little longer. Dave, what about developers that are going into an announcement regarding a, a mineral resource update? Uh, I've been disappointed myself holding some developers where management, good management, gives guidance and they say, we expect to meet this mark. And then maybe they come up just short of it. And then the market, put, they're down 17% on the day they announce it. You know, I, I, if I was the management, I would be like, <laughs> that'd be kind of discouraging, right? Because it's not easy to put out a, a mineral resource with everything you have to do to get there. So yeah. what is your thoughts on that? Like, do you monitor how much success and is built into the stock prior to that announcement to where you might sell and then just buy it back when it falls 25 percent no i can't do that you know i i run a i run a newsletter where you know i do all this due diligence in in a company and i I, and i buy the stock and uh, my subscribers see that i'm buying the stock and i'm I'm not going to try to trade it out you know i believe in this in in the company i've done all this due diligence you know and in most of the companies i've invested in i've had previous success with the management teams that are running that company, you know, I know how they operate. I I know they're 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 uh, stewards of good stewards of their capital. I know they raise money at the right time. I know they put most of their money in the ground. I know they're aligned shareholders. So I know they're just as frustrated as I am if they have to accept a a, 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 a finance in the market at a, at a lower price than they expected, and they had to give up maybe a a half a warrant that they didn't want to give up or something like. Or, or terms that they're not really happy with. I know they're as disappointed as I am, and that's what you want to see. But getting back to your question, this is a market bill where us resource investors and speculators have been trading amongst ourselves, mostly savvy investors in the sector left. And there's also funds that know how to game the sector. So if they know that news is coming out that might be uh, short-term bullish, but long-term bearish, For instance, if a company puts out a mineral resource, right, that they see that, hey, they're going to need to raise money in six months or eight months or a year. So they'll short the stock and they can play these games with these low liquidity times that we're in right now. You know, they could keep doing this. You know, I had a company last week. I sent the CEO uh, an email saying, wow, where did all this volume come from? You, You released really good results and you had this huge volume. Was it a fund cleaning up? Uh, their position because on really good news so they can get a better price. But the next day, you had a huge drop in the stock on Novo. I had to say, well, what's going on here? And he told me that I was correct on the first item where, you know, it was a fun cleanup, um, you know, getting rid of the position on good news. You know, a, a company releases great drill results. It's good news. It's a liquidity event. You know, they know there's going to see some buying in the stock and the fund gets rid of the position. Okay. The stock didn't move much on that. Right. And on a huge volume. The next day, like I said, it was it was a huge red candle in the stock on no volume. But he told me that a bank offered them um a bot deal finance, which they didn't need. He's like, I don't need this. You know, I I've got a great balance sheet. I don't need money. I don't need this this, this charity flow through bot deal. Thank you very much. But word got out that it, that, that it was it was being shopped. So, you know, these funds get get, get wind of this and they short the stock. And they were able to short it because there's nobody there to buy it in this liquid market. And and the stock is still trading at this discount. Nobody's come in and cleaned it up. But the company still has, you know, a great project. They're putting out great drill results. They're about to put out a feasibility study. They've got multi-millions of ounces in the ground in a top-tier jurisdiction. They've they're 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 cashed up through 2024. But this is what happens in these markets. 
And, you know, I, I, I'd hate to be, you know, um, an ill-advised investor to be frustrated and say, look at this, this is ridiculous. I'm losing money in these stocks. I'm going to sell. And six months later, you know, this, you know, the gold breaks out and all these stocks are just going crazy because, because the, the generalist investor finally comes into the sector after we see the breakout. That's when the momentum players come into this sector. After we see the monthly close about $4,100 an ounce, right? And then the momentum players get in and retail gets in and people start to get excited. This is a really tidy sector. It doesn't take much. So you know, these are the kind of things that are happening. So what you just laid out there, like you learned experientially and by contacting management to say, I'm observing this, what's going on? Explain it to me. And, you know, you and I have talked in previous months that you're two decades into this and every week you learn something new about how this oh, market operates, right? Day. Just to encourage every <laughs> yes. day. Just Yes, it's incredible. It's, a, it's an incredible education. You know, bear markets are incredible educations, you know, especially when these in these low liquid um, circumstances and they see all these things happen. And, you know, since since I'm fortunate to have these great relationships with these companies, I could just send them an email. And they'll tell me right away, this is what happened, you know? So it just gives me more confidence that, hey, I'm on the right track. I know I know this is coming. I know the, the goal breakout is coming, but, you know, I, like everybody else, don't have a crystal ball. I don't know when the date's going to be. And if, even if I did, what's the fun in that? <laughs> so, Dave, uh, we see headlines out of Mexico re regarding uh, some junior mining reforms. What are the CEOs that are overseeing Mexican projects saying to you right now? Well, basically they're saying that um, this is bad news for companies that want to come into Mexico and they need permits. They need to get those mining permits. Um, the companies that already have them, you know, the companies that I'm invested in there, there's there's four of them. That I have four companies that I'm invested in to do business in Mexico. Um, these laws don't affect any of them. They've already got 50-year mine leases on, on their properties and they've already got water permits and, and everything that, that they need and uh it doesn't affect them so i think it, it, it it's going to be it's going to be bad news for anybody who wants to do business in mexico after just acquiring a project okay and dave your website again is juniorminerjunkie.com uh still room in the subscription if people want to sign up yes there is plenty of room plenty of room though. come on come, come on by it, tra it tracks the gold price <laughs> it gold it tracks gold sentiment right more so than the gold price Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this is the other, this is the time to accumulate, you know, when everybody's ha hating the sector and uh, we're knocking on that $2,100 door again. So, excellent. Well, Dave, thank you for the May update. And I look forward to chatting with you on the show in a month in June. Me too, Bill. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts it might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances 
uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns, as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks, don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can, do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met, you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.